What's better than Anchor's podcast creation tools? Nothing. Mankind has always searched for evidence of God's perfection, and we found it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free, which you can use straight from your phone or computer. The creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the lesser of the podcast platforms like Stitcher. You can easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. I've made $5, and I've been doing this for three months. So, download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And so with that, uh, as a warning, sometimes we swear a little bit, uh, but not that often, just enough where I probably might not catch it as I'm editing. So uh, this is labeled explicit, but it's, it's not that bad. Your little kid in the backseat probably won't catch the bad words we say. Uh, we don't go out of our way to show off with bad language, but that's your warning. So now you're going to call. Well, why Why wouldn't I? I don't know. Didn't get any response on the text messages. Just sat there staring at the Skype screen waiting for you. I don't know. Feel a little jilted. Why Why would I respond to the text message when I was just going to call you? Communication is key, Ben, especially when it comes to a podcast. A podcast is like a relationship. Yeah, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> I'm talking to you. All right, fine. How are my levels? Can you hear me okay? Your levels are fantastic. Great. <laughs> How are my levels? <laughs> um hey before we uh get started here oh boy here we go well, you know i i can hang up just as easy easily as i called you <laughs> what are you, are you trying to punish me is that what's happening what, right what, now what, i don't know I, i'm trying to have a, a little conversation with my friend and uh, he's like oh, <laughs> oh geez here we go <laughs> you know i'm trying to open up and be a little vulnerable here and you're, you're <laughs> trying to be a little vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about how, how this whole podcast makes me feel, how honored I am that you let me be a part of this. And oh, you're uh, honored you, don't, you don't want to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. I love that you, you're honored about being a part of the great success that is Nuzzle House Audio, yeah. <laughs> which is working out great for me so far. I've debated quitting my job once I saw that we've gone up to, oh, actually, how far have we gone up to? Uh, I think it's like 64 cents now. I mean, things are really going off the charts. Well, that's then. a big jump in the last uh, few days. Yeah, it, it was is. at 39 when you sent me the last audited financial statement. Ben, within a couple of days, it's doubled. Wow. So, I mean, I've been thinking like, oh, at this rate, I can quit my job in a uh, year. Sure. So well, yeah, if it doubles every few days. And yeah, we'll be making a million dollars an episode by the, by the summer. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, you should be thankful that you're part of the uh, the Nuzzle House train and you've hitched your wagon to it, so let's get started. <laughs> Dude. Ben! Huh? <laughs> I just had a glimpse into what you and I are going to be like when we're in our 70s, with me going, <laughs> Ben, and you go, ha! Huh? Like that. That was pretty odd. So what do you want? <laughs> well, for one... I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't finish the last chapter, chapter 13. And I'm going to be honest with you. I, that doesn't surprise me in the least. <laughs> uh, I got sidetracked uh, with fitness. Okay. So oh. 
fitness. Yep. I uh, realized, well, so I was going to go on a date, which actually happened during the day today. Oh. Yeah. All right. Which says something. Um, you said you, you exercised today because of this date? Yep. I'm getting there. So, well, I just want to, like, I don't know if you know how exercise works, but if you just, like, exercise once, like, an hour before you go on a date, it's not really going to be noticeable. Well, I also eat a lot of cheese, so then I have diarrhea. I don't think you understand how I exercise, Ben. I empty what? the bowels out. You get the bowels empty, then you do okay. a little bit of fitness, uh, you sweat sure. a lot, you're pale. It, I lose weight very quickly, Ben. So okay. anyways, maybe I got to look my best. So I took a two-hour walk last night, Ben. Okay. And I really and it, whittled down that weight. And it worked out <laughs> fine. Yeah. I look good, Ben. Oh, well, that's good. And then more importantly, you, you feel good, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. How about We're, you, Ben? Did you try any fitness this week? Well, just my normal regimen of uh, a walk during lunch. Uh, that seems like a sad middle-aged thing to do. You're one of those people that takes walks during lunch? How is that sad? I enjoy a little bit of fresh air, get away from my desk for a half hour, and get a... Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoy the the simple pleasures of life. Yeah, but I see a lot of, like, disgruntled workers in any office. The first thing they do is they grab their little lunch, and then they they walk off in pairs normally and complain about coworkers and that kind of thing. And they're usually kind of, like, deep in their 50s. But you're by yourself. Well, no, today I usually have a companion, and she joined me today, and see? we bitched about her coworkers. Yeah, so. see, there you go. And you brought your food with you and everything. Okay. Well, I didn't bring my food. I'm not going to eat and walk. I, that would... <laughs> <laughs> well, you just haven't hit that. Uh, you haven't crested to that point yet of the other people I've seen. So well, you enjoyed your walk today? Desk. That's what my desk is for. All right, fine. Oh, you eat at your desk. Ugh, ben, how are we going to get you more exciting? I think you need to be a guy that wears a tie every day at work. That's one one way to start getting you to be more exciting. Get you well, to stand out. The way to be more exciting is to wear business clothes. Ah, uh, but you know, like a funny tie with like some oh, kind of oh, funny print guy. on it. Okay. Something kind of, you know, kind of kooky, especially holiday related. It's pretty fun. What holiday? I mean, there's no holiday. Just any holiday, even if it's not. We just had Flag Day. Yeah, we did have Flag Day. Didn't we? <laughs> Which I, I didn't know about. I, that's not one that's really on my radar, but I found out when uh, POTUS tweeted about it and tis. The accompanying photo was one of those ones where he's hugging the flag. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> that face he makes in that photo, too. Yeah. People yeah. are going to look back at this stage of history and just be like, how, how, how did any of this happen? It's kind of like in Minnesota how um, uh, Jesse Ventura, the ex wrestler, got voted in as governor. People yeah, look- just a populist wave. And uh... yeah. <laughs> The next thing you know, everyone's like, how did that happen? And what's wrong with you people? That's pretty much what we're going to think about this. That face he makes when he hugs that flag. Ugh, makes me have diarrhea. Yeah. That, well, that's good. That's how you can shape. <laughs> so when you were reading the book this week, oh, are you going to ask me about my, uh, what about your week? I should not scold you about asking me about my week. Anything exciting happened for you with your week? And then I'll scold you about not asking me about mine. Well, first, I want to ask you about how what's your environment when you're reading this book? Ben, it's a hodgepodge. Sometimes, yeah, we, we've we've touched on this, and that's yeah. why you 
finish. It's a hodgepodge. I'm working and I listen to the audiobook. I'm taking a, a dump and I read it on my phone. Which which you call working out, we learned. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and I did listen to it while I took my two-hour walk. Uh, and, um, yeah, it's a hodgepodge. There's no, there's no also, romantic so, imagery there. Did you also listen to it while you're on the walk with your lady friend? I should have. Yeah. <laughs> no. They're riding the back of a bear, which I can't wait to bitch at you about. Yeah, I... I yeah. Bears are a thing. I know I mentioned this the other day. I, I was expecting this would be a very bear-centric episode. <laughs> <laughs> I have it coming. The bears talk, Ben. The bears talk. The bears can craft things with their hands. The bears work in bars. Uh, they also have the ability oh. to, to not run with the pack, Ben, but they can go separate because they have their own uh, agency. I was pretty impressed with the bears, Ben. I know. I, I knew you would be. I was thinking about you the whole time. I'm sure you were. As I was reading it, I was almost giggling to myself, thinking, "It's uh, the bears are a thing, Ben, and I'm just happy that we both, we both read that and we both were thinking the same thing. You know what, Ben? You're like my demon. <laughs> we're connected, our souls. Uh, we're experiencing the same things, even though we're nowhere near each other, uh, which is that we can both read about bears and know that I'm right. Yeah, well, you got to be right about something, I guess. Ben, you're weak. Anything I mean, exciting? Oh, I thought you were calling me weak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not as strong as a bear, that's for sure. I know, I feel like I'm coming at you a little aggressive on this episode, just because the, the past few I'm trying to stay on task, and then this one I'm just like, nope, screw the book. Let's it's time it. to me to get some new grounding with Ben. Let him know yeah. that I'm the alpha in this situation. Let's get our hands dirty. Let's uh, let's dive in. Let's let's wet our beaks. So, how's your week, Ben? Did you do anything uh, exciting? Oh, it's fine. Thanks for asking. <laughs> That's it. Uh yeah. I don't. Really, I mean, my week. I, I don't want to discuss uh, <laughs> on air. We we well, we talked about before we uh, started recording. I don't. Yeah. Well, no, that's going in, but. Uh, well, so much for banter being an angle that we're going to try and work on this episode. <laughs> if you're just like, I don't want to talk about my personal life. <laughs> well, uh, what about sports? Let's uh, talk about sports. You want some banter? Sports, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about uh, soccer or as I like to refer to it, football. Does that make you okay, happy, yeah. Ben? Does that sound pretentious enough for you? Yeah. All right. It's fine. Appropriately pretentious. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you about my week besides the uh, bittersweet how, date. How much happened? Jeez. Stuff happens. Uh, actually, right. not a lot. I've had kids over the weekend and everything. They took a lot of time away from like trying to read and that kind of thing. Uh, I still try to do my own little podcast on the side, and they keep getting in the way. So, um, oh, I like that. That's now your podcast on the side, and this that we're doing is the main one now. Because I, I kind of thought I, I was say uh, that to you, but to my one listener on the other podcast, that's yeah. a real podcast. All right. It's like what I do to my kids. Whenever it's just me and my oldest daughter, I go, you're my favorite. I don't even like the other one. But then when the other ones are on, I'm like, you're my favorite. I just told her that she's my favorite because, you know, she's got like she's more sensitive. And we just go back and forth. It's a lot of fun. I do a podcast, too. Uh, tonight, I saw an actual car accident that was like something out of the Rockford files. And it was not cool. And it was terrifying. Well, you're going to have to start by explaining the Rockford files to me. Okay, the Rockford Files is a show from the 1970s, Ben. Uh, it's got well, James I Garner. I'm not nearly as old as you remember. Uh, I know. Uh, it's got James Garner in it, and he is a, a gumshoe, a sleuth. Yeah. And he... Uh, <clears throat> the 
Mr. Rockford. Yeah, and it's his files. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, every episode is from the files, Ben. I think you're finally catching on to this. Starting so, up. I mean, I've, I've heard the title before, but I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe you should what catch up on it. They have it on Netflix, I think. Why would uh, I waste my time? Those? <laughs> Anyways, um, so Rockford Files is known for its car stunts. It's a big portion of it. There's always a car chase. And the car goes flying through the air and flips around and lands on whatever. Uh, I saw that happen tonight. I was going down a certain crossroad that you may be familiar with, and uh, which is right there next to a certain highway. Sure. And um, as I was coming out of the gas station, this car, there was... I remember how this worked out. The light changed at the crossroads by the gas station. So it wasn't on the highway or anything. And this red car started to go out because it was green for them. And this other car was coming up over the hill and down towards the highway hit like T-boned the red car and went into the air and spun around and landed on its side by the gas station right in front of me. So I saw, I heard this crash And I looked over and I see this black car literally flying through the air. It was like five feet off the ground on its like sideways. And then it landed on its side with this giant crash. And the guy gets out of the car that just crashed, gets out of the car and a white truck pulls up and he jumps in it. And then they take off and the car. Yeah. And the car on its side started on fire. And so then I get out of my car because I was going to leave. So I parked and then I got out of my car and I uh, called 911. But apparently everyone started calling 911. So it just got like blocked up. Like it's just busy. Which signal. surprises me because I thought everyone would just be like Instagramming it. That was happening, too. I was okay. getting kind of mad. Uh, so people were walking up to the car on fire and taking pictures. And I was walking by going, dude, the car's on fire. You're going to want to step back. And the camera thing is dumb. Just. Just be go away, be safe, stand back. And uh, and then I walked over to the other car where the person got hit, and I finally got a hold of nine one one. And turns out a bunch of people already reported it, so they just took down my name. And I asked the lady in the car, I'm like, "Are you okay?" And she goes, "I think so." And I'm like, "Don't move, just stay really still, just stay there." And the police are coming, and an ambulance is going to be here. And then some guy in a green shirt literally pushed me out of the way because he was like going to take charge. So he walks up. He's like, okay, move out of the way. Madam, I'm going to need you to stay in the car. But he's just like a normal guy. (laughs) And I was like, okay. So then like a defeated, you know, non-alpha male, I kind of wandered off. And once I saw the ambulance and the police show up, I'm like, okay, I guess things are okay. And then I left. (laughs) Just really weird. So I went through a flurry of emotions. One, I was terrified. Two, annoyed. Three, concerned. Four, emasculated. (laughs) <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> well, the first thought is I'm glad we kept talking about your week because I had nothing nearly that interesting happened to me. So that's great. Um, huh. And yeah, I think emasculated is that was the main theme I got from that story. <laughs> well, what was it like a chase or something? What What's with the people just getting into another I truck know. and leaving? What? That's the freaking crazy part. Well, I've had this happen before when I was in St. Paul, like a year or so ago, I was <laughs> coming out of the Buffalo Wild Wings off of Snelling, and uh, with a coworker, and we and I'm at the stoplight, and we see this pickup truck cruise 
like a block down, cruise through the intersection and smash into the corner of an apartment building. And the guy who was driving got out and started running. And there was a woman in there and she kind of stumbled out and then kind of collapsed on the ground. So I ran up and I saw other people there like on the phone. So I ran up and I said, are you okay? And she started like talking to me about how it's my fault. And she had no teeth. And I started to realize like, oh, you're a meth addict. I get it. So apparently I I draw car crashes to me. I have a pretty exciting life. I guess so. Mm-hmm. And crash stuff. I should spend more time with you. I want to see some of this stuff. Uh, the car flipping through the air, Ben, was tits. But yeah, <laughs> I got emasculated by a guy in a green shirt who just, uh, apparently I wasn't doing a good enough job, so he had to step in. <laughs> I like how he just did the exact same thing that you did, but mm-hmm. just more forcefully. Yeah, more authoritative. And that's probably my problem is he probably saw me up there all like whining. Are you okay? Would you do me a favor and not move? I mean, that's not what you want to do in an emergency situation is you want to shout at someone to stay still and don't move. I failed. It was my own fault. I blame myself. It's fine. Okay. Well, it's fine. That's that's good. Much like how this book started out, Ben. Like a fiery car crash where someone get. Oh, and you're asking what happened. Uh, I think that the car that flew through the air was probably going really, really fast down this sort of small street. Uh, hit the car, flew through the air, and they must have had a friend behind them going equally as fast and just like saw this accident and said, quick, get in the car. So I'm guessing meth. Every time I see a car accident, meth is always involved. I'm convinced. But anyways. I think the statistics would probably bear that out. I think so, too. I think I'm not wrong about my meth. I think everyone's on meth. Just like this story. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So we, I even, I started to sort of take notes and realized, you know, what am I doing? All we're going to do is uh, just annoy each other. But chapter 10, Farner Coram's witch helped him when a scrailing shot him with an arrow and they, quote, had other connections to dot, 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 unquote. Ben, thoughts? Yeah, they did it, right? Yeah. They keep alluding. This is not very Harry Potter at all. They keep alluding to him making the sex with a witch. Yeah, well. A witch that has no demon initially. I guess the difference being that demons can go away further or something. Well, the demons are kind of like meth, aren't they? You go through severe withdrawal if you're a person and your demon gets too far away from you. Um, they, they can change shapes. I mean, it's almost like you're hallucinating. Um, uh, I, I didn't realize this until we are talking about meth, but yeah, demons are basically meth. Is, is, is that the allegory here? You want to know something even more cute? On the notes I was taking, I drew a little picture of what I thought your demon would be. Ben, do you want to know what your, do you want to know what your demon is? I I do. That's, I do want to know what it is. It's a little illustration of a blobfish with glasses on. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I even have a little thing, an arrow pointing at it. It says Ben's demon. I'll send you. I'll send you a picture of it. <laughs> I, I, I hope you will. Um, so that means I, if that were the case, I would never be able to leave the sea because no. I would always have to be near my demon. Which you is become a great fisherman. A fish. Yeah, that never gets to go on land. Uh, just like, uh, I forget who was telling the story, but yeah, they told the story of, uh, you know, how come your demons can never leave you? And I said, yeah, one of them decided to take the shape of a dolphin because Aria or whatever, her, her <laughs> demon. Lyra? Lyra, Aria, Game of Thrones, Thrones. whatever. It's all the same. But uh, Lyra, her, her demon decided to go be a dolphin for a while in the water and she thought it was so fun. And then like what the captain came up and was like, ah, you, 
you don't want it to be a dolphin. Uh, he's stuck at sea forever, which is... I find the demon thing tedious in this story. Just so many rules around the demon stuff. It's kind of... Which at the end of chapter 12 shows you that there is still just a lot of rules around people being weirded out if you don't have a demon. Uh, because don't they go into a hut and find a little boy with no demon just sitting there looking bored? Yeah, well, I don't think bored is what I got. He looked a shell of himself and barely human, I think. All right, fine. Well, you got bored from that? <laughs> well, that's what I was working out, taking my walk or okay. a dump. I don't know. All the exercise routines they, kind of mix in well, together after a while. Because this boy without the demon wandered into this village and all the villagers were terrified of him because he didn't have a demon. And that's, that's right. They were saying he was a ghost, like there was a ghost in the village. So they, like, locked him in this... Well, Lyra saw through the the alethiometer that there was a ghost in this village, so she made the bear go investigate it with her. And, yeah, the villagers had, like, locked this, like, the fish hut where they'd, like, dry their fish out or whatever. Right. He, he was just, like, huddled in the corner, like, clutching a fish like it was his demon. I got two things I'd like to say But you got bored here. out of that. He, yeah, he I got like, bored out of that. And I got two things I want to say here. One... If you can lock a ghost in a fish hut, so much for the ghost theory. Uh, it's not really walking through a wall or anything. It's just sitting in there, so it's not a ghost. And two, uh, you're saying that Lyra and the bear decided to go check this out. So the bear made a decision. That's interesting. Okay, well, I'm just following through on that just to make sure that I'm, uh, that we can agree on some of the facts of the story. Yeah, she had a conversation with the bear. So the bear speaks. Okay. Just want to make sure we, we lay down the yep. groundwork. Okay. So, yep, she conversed with the bear, and uh, they <clears throat> made a plan to go off their path that they are going on to go check out this village with the lost boy, as the chapter was called. But, yeah, the bear talks. I know okay. what the point yeah. of this is. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that – I mean uh, – I don't want to beat a dead horse or anything here. It's just I'm I'm just wondering. It's can a we, silly. Oh, it's a silly question. Get, get a little tangent here. Yeah, if, um, a, if a bear can speak and make decisions, and before, before you get into this, do you think it ever would want to have a, a higher education at any point? <laughs> Maybe, but okay. so you said you talked about beating a dead horse there. Yeah. Okay. Go on. Um, I, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Somebody in the office who uh, I overhear her on the phone quite a bit her uh, she has a a phone heavy job in the office and she <laughs> never heard described that way before go on it's very call <laughs> intensive is that a better way to say? okay fine um she she likes to use phrases like uh beating a dead horse but she does them incorrectly <laughs> like what heard her you trying to use that particular phrase she was talking to a client and she said Boy, I tell you, I don't want to keep beating this horse to death. <laughs> it's very similar in wording, but has like such a different connotation when you put it like that. I mean, it's technically the same similar words are lined up just kind of out of order, but it's got a different meaning. It's one thing if it's the horse is dead. It's another one you're beating yeah. it to death. <laughs> like thoroughly, because like, I, boy, I'm getting tired of beating this horse to death. <laughs> exactly. It's death is such a long process. Yeah, why won't this horse just die already? We've been beating <laughs> so long. Uh, but backing up to uh, previous chapters, they yeah. go before the witches, the witches' council, which, if with Game of Thrones, 
you had those sort of wizards. Uh, I think it was maybe like the second season of Game of Thrones, and they were like bald and they wore robes. And you ever see that? Do you remember that? What I'm talking about at all? The like the religious sect. Yeah, but they were like technically wizards or witches. Or, I think they're wizards, but they were called that specifically. Maybe they're witches or warlocks. I'm not exactly sure. But wait, where? Who was interacting with them? I don't know. That was a while. Uh, uh, Daenerys, I almost forgot her name. She, this is like right after her husband died and she was like moving on to try and raise more like money and whatever and get support okay. for her travels. Uh, sure. But then she wound up being at a party where like one of those guys tried to kidnap her, I think. Oh no, they tried to steal her dragon. That was a thing. Um, or, or one of her baby dragons or eggs. Uh, but anyways, they were just very annoying and like thought too highly of themselves. And it was basically every nerdy kid that I ever used to hang out with in like junior high that played Dungeons and Dragons. And they, you know, knew all the quotes of like every Dragonlance book <laughs> things. And so uh, basically that's how I imagine the witches council, just annoying human beings all standing around uh, doing little word games with each other. And so when uh, wasn't the council, just one person, I thought it was a couple in the room. I mean, there's one main guy talking, but I thought there was like. I thought it was just a group. the console is Dr. Martin Lencilius. Yeah. Um, All right, yeah, fine. I thought the there was console. like a bunch of people standing around watching, but Dr. whatever, Lencilius or Witch Lencilius, whatever, <clears throat> was just very uh, eh, annoying. Wasn't impressed. But uh, I love that it was ending with, okay, console, what question would you ask if you were standing here? And then he's like, ah, well played, sir. I'd ask for a bear. And I was like, ah, God, I want all these people to burn on fire. So what do you think of that scene, Ben? So you're no longer (laughs) enjoying the book. I felt like I'm back and forth. This is the third time that we've talked about it. We uh, you seem to be unimpressed with the first few chapters that we talked about. And then then it picked up a little bit. Last time we talked. Yeah, you sound like you were getting into a little more and um Oh, you sound kind of bitter about it again. I don't think you... Yeah, I have a, a no. tough time with young adult fiction. I feel like you're not judging this book on its merits, then maybe. Maybe you're yeah, maybe still you're feeling disappointed from Harry Potter. Yeah. Wow, I never realized this was like uh, going to be a little bit of a therapy session. Ben, I think you might have touched upon something. My resentment towards the Harry Potter uh, franchise uh, is coming out in this book. I think you might be right about that. I think, I think I just had a breakthrough. Thoughts? <laughs> Any opinions, Ben? About no, the breakthrough right now? The opinions here are all yours. I'm just here to facilitate. Fine. I, I feel great pride right now. In okay. Maybe honored to be a part of the breakthrough I just had. They keep uh, kind of throwing in some grown-up stuff, and they allude towards sort of grown-up-y things like their take on religion. Like, they're taking religion, they're kind of skewing it a little bit, where it's more sort of treated like a science versus like a theology or whatever. Like, it's an actual practical thing that you can use. Uh, They have demons, for Christ's sake, so it's like a physical thing they're dealing with and interacting with. So I'm like, okay, this is big grown-up stuff, and then it kind of doesn't pan out for now. So, yeah, with... What I'm getting out of this right now, I mean, it's the protagonist is whatever, 12 years old. So this is going to be a coming of age story in some sense. And they're talking about that with the demons. And they went into a little bit more about how or didn't go into it deeper necessarily, but just talked again about how 
the demons can change their form when they're young, but once uh, they become adults, the demons have a settled form. Um, yeah, which is supposed and when to they're on the boat, they're the kind of person. Yeah, and they were kind of talking about it on the boat, and it seemed like there's kind of a trade-off there, and it felt like that's kind of symbolic of growing up, and you kind of lose some of your imagination, but you know who you are in a sense, and that's, I don't know. Is that what they're trying to say? Is that what the demons are representing there in that sense? I think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's like the seagull. The one person was saying, my demon turned into a seagull, thank God, not a dolphin. And uh, But the seagull represents an old salt of the sea and that kind of thing. And I was like, I don't know if it represents that. They're just annoying. But okay, fine. You can when did you lose your time of innocence, do you think? <laughs> to a babysitter when I was eight years old. I'm teasing. That never happened. Uh, I don't know. My, my childhood innocence, I don't really have any defining moment. I didn't watch a man get shot. Do you have See, a defining moment? Well, wouldn't it be nice if you had a demon and once it stopped, uh, when it became permanent, you would know that's when your childhood. <laughs> it would be nice if it was so clearly defined like that. But no, I don't have a definitive moment either. Well, didn't the captain say like, some people can't make peace with their demon's final shape. So, like, you'll have a guy who's, like, a big adventurer, but he gets a poodle for a demon or whatever. Uh, that's what would happen to me. It would just wind up being, like, a sleepy chinchilla. <laughs> but you just say, yeah, you just think you're getting screwed on this deal no matter what. Yeah, I'd be like, how did I get the sleepy chinchilla? Well, besides a blobfish, what do you think oh, your demon would be? That's a good question. Let's. I'm going to keep that in mind and we'll maybe... Uh, okay, we're just going to roll with back. blobfish then for now. <laughs> that's cool. With I you. mean, I, I wish I could argue with that, but uh, <laughs> I, I don't have a better answer for you right now. So we'll stick with that. Fine. You know, Ben, I would actually like it if you looked through your notes and just gave me a good overview about the bears and what you your take on the bear, your hot take. I'd appreciate well, that. What do you think about the bears, Ben? <clears throat> I tell you what, the bears could probably use some schooling. Uh, he doesn't sound... <laughs> sophisticated <laughs> uh the bear is good at manual labor yeah and uh gets paid with uh booze mm -hmm. pretty much and the bear is he's blunt there's not a lot of subtlety in bear communication i don't think they get to the point mm -hmm. yeah they uh they're also honorable because when they are. uh lira want to get him to go get his armor like, you can be free. You can have your armor that you want. It's over here in the mayor's house. And what was the mayor's name again? I forgot. It was uh, something really cool. The armor was in the priest's house. Oh, it was the priest's house? Sorry, I thought it was the mayor, mayor's for some weird the reason. The mayor was around, but the armor was in the priest's house. Is he honorable, or do bears just see everything very black and white? Oh, he wasn't going to leave until he finished his day's work, because he said that yeah. in the morning I was asked if I was going to finish my day's work, and I said yes, I would. So he wouldn't leave, so she said, I see the sun going down. He's like, are you sure? Okay, then let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, of course they're going to go to college. They're honorable. They'll pay their student loans. No, was it the... It wasn't the priest. It was the mayor had, like, Oh, dang it. I wish I wrote it down. It was something weird like Senor Hot Sauce. It was like this amazing name. All right, fine. I'm sure I can find it quickly. I didn't write that down either. I didn't realize the mayor was going to be a major character in their discussion. It doesn't have to be. But when I was taking my walk, uh, they said his name uh -oh. and his and they listening to the name versus reading it. Uh, it sounded like something uh, amazing like Senor Hot Sauce. Let's find out. 
There's the Sisselman's house. Is that what you're... Oh, the Sisselman. So it's Sisselman? S-Y-S-S-E-L-M-A-N. But that's not the name. That's just like a title because it's not capitalized. So is the Sisselman... Yeah, what does Sisselman mean? Well, I have no idea. But when I heard it in the audiobook as I was walking, I was like, the Sizzleman? Mayor Sizzleman? Like he's, oh, that sounded so awesome. Well, that's pointless. Fine, fine. What about uh, the introduction of the uh, the wacky character, the, the Texan with the hot air balloon? That he's, one. He's a colorful character, right? He's going to add some spice to the story, isn't he? Yeah, that's a situation where I was like, he's from Texas. <laughs> yeah, because you you have all this fantastic like fantastical stuff going on, and then you have like a guy from Texas, or oh, uh, they talk about the oblation board back in London and stuff. So it's it's I'm for some reason it's not bothering me, but it's just like when you hear there's a guy from Texas in a balloon, I'm like ah, oh weird. It just kind of throws me off a little bit. Uh, and but is he, he the one that stuck around? Like he loves playing cards. And he was talking about how Egyptians love playing cards. You want to play cards with me? So is that yeah. that guy? Yeah, Lee Scoresby. There you go. Who yeah, is he... going to be portrayed uh, by Lin-Manuel Miranda in the upcoming adaptation. Oh, look at you. I'm trying yeah. to make this like a real podcast with actual information to help I love... people. I like to help people. I can't wait to actually watch the film from the mid-2000s and just probably complain. I don't know. Well, I mean... Yeah, you'll complain about anything, right? <laughs> I just want to see some Meet the Fockers references in there. <laughs> it's from the same time period, too, so I'm sure it'll be there. Uh, they saw... Do they ever... So I never got the last chapter, chapter 13. Um, do they ever actually meet the witch that they were supposed to meet? Because they met the witch's goose. Yeah, they did meet her. Did they? No, they were just talking through the goose. Yeah, that's what I thought. I think they were just talking through the goose. Yeah, and the goose became one of those guys at the parties that gets high and starts talking about how there's other dimensions around us that we can't see and touch, but they're there and and that kind of thing. Uh, But then, I don't know if it's after or before that, we're kind of just jumping around all over the place, but then uh, Lyra stands outside, looks upon the northern lights, and uh, she goes into a little bit of a trance, and she sort of sees the golden city in the sky. Yeah, quite so, a sight. Yeah, there you go. She's got the uh, the gift that the uh, weird, creepy witch guy uh, was saying that you are more or less like the Harry Potter. You're the chosen one, the Christ-like like, yeah. figure. For well, yeah, people. she's been in witch culture. She's been she's the fulfillment of a prophecy. It sounds like of the witches I've had for hundreds of years. Yeah. So, and they just know you're it. That you're the one. Boy, I can't wait to see uh, exciting things that you do. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to change the subject a little bit, but if you weren't done, <laughs> keep going. I kind of, uh, I think I'm kind of spent. Like, I guess you can reveal the 13th chapter to me, and I'll just sort of sit back and let you tell me a little story. But yeah, no, you got to do a little side segue thing. Go ahead. Well, my only, my big note that I had for the 13th chapter, and it, she so Lyra can use this Alethium here, the the golden compass. She can ask it questions and it'll tell her answers to what she wants to know. She's get, she seems yeah. to be getting pretty good at reading it, doesn't she? Right. So she can just pretty much ask it anything and it'll it'll tell her what's going on. It seems to be pretty accurate. That's how they found the ghost child and that locked in the 
fish shed in our village. So she she knows that the bears are telling or the bear is telling the truth. Uh, It's working out pretty good for her so far. But how how is she using this thing like just once to answer one question and putting it back in her little velvet pouch? It's like Wikipedia. How is she not just like asking this thing question after question after question? Well, is she not intellectually curious? I I don't (laughs) I've lost some respect for her. She seems like a very adventurous child and she's she's wants to experience the world and and go on this great adventure. But I mean, she's got a lot of downtime. They're just she's just riding on the back of the bear on these on the sleds. I'm just happy to hear that you're finally getting upset about something in this book because, yes, it's written for children and they don't go that deep into it. The witch man, the high council, even says, hey, there's a bunch of broomsticks out there. Find out which one that uh, witch Janet flew on. uh, Sure, Yeah, witch Janet, whatever, Ben. Just go ahead and crap all over what I'm saying. Warning, Serafina. So... Go moving on. So she said, "Go out and figure it." And she uses the compass and finds out it's this one. And he goes, "Ha ha, you're right." And if you could literally find out something like that, I would be constantly like, "Who's having sex with who? Is there buried money anywhere nearby?" Like I would be constantly trying to use it to my own benefit. The gambling, the gambling Ben that I would get into and win would be insane. And that's that's you, and that, that's fine. But even if your intentions are pure, wouldn't you be on that thing all the time, just trying to find out stuff? She seems to be a curious girl, yet she's not asking this alethium here all the everything she wants to know about the world. I don't know why she's not doing that. I know. Or, yeah. Or even if you don't want to like know all the secrets of what's going on around you and everything else going on in the world, you'd just be like, I don't know. It's kind of like when you got your first phone, like you know, smartphone or whatever. You just sat on the thing for hours trying to yeah. figure it out, study it, learn everything about it. And then you're not like sitting down trying to. You just find yourself doing it because it's interesting. If I had this thing that could literally tell me about what's going on in the world or what's going to happen in the future, I would just be constantly just messing with it and trying to yeah. perfect it and learn it. And she just sort of does it every once in a while. So, yes, that's also very annoying that's to me. very annoying. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad oh, we you yeah. found a flaw in your young adult fiction that you love so much. Well, well, well. Yep. The Egyptians seem a little naive, and they don't really care about what's going on. So there was this scene. I don't know if you caught this hmm. or not. Well, in Chapter 13, I probably didn't catch it, but it, go ahead. Well, no, before that, they um, when Lyra was riding the bear to the village to check on the ghost boy, they looked up and saw just like hundreds of witches flying overhead heading north. Going Did to you? war or something. Yeah. yeah. So... Which seems concerning. That seems like it seemed to paint an ominous picture when it was being described. But she gets back to the group and they mention that they saw like hundreds of witches flying north to war. And uh, nobody seemed to care. That didn't seem to concern anybody, any of these Egyptians that are heading north to save their children. They don't seem to care that there might be a war uh, up there waiting for them. Well, yeah. didn't they? so didn't the creepy witch guy... Uh, creepy condescending council of witch man. Didn't he ask Lyra to use the golden compass to find out what, like was it the Turks? I can't remember like what he was saying. The Tartars. Oh, Tartars. That's what it was. What, what were they doing? And she said, it looks like that they're saying they're going to war when they're not or something along those lines. Do you think it relates to that? Can we call this section spec speculation? Well, <laughs> During that exchange, um, or right after it, I think John Fass said that he suspected that 
the witch's council already knew the answer to that question, so he was just yeah, and that's what he did at the bar and see. But yeah, so yeah. he was but, testing her of that. Yeah. So, but yeah, there is some sort of uh, conflict going on with the Tartars, and she was describing. Yeah, they were going to pretend that they were going to attack some city, but they weren't actually going to because that would stretch them too thin. So the witches going to war. What this is the speculation section uh, with the Tartars? Maybe I don't know. Take advantage of their weakness and their uh, their well, preening. the witches. Yeah, and the witches aren't all necessarily on the same side. That was something that the one witch that they're talking to through her goose demon was saying, you know, I can't speak for all witches. There's witches on different sides of this, so. Right. Here's more speculation. Uh, If the Oblation Board is separating little kids from their demons, it's probably for the benefit that the demons have not found their final form yet. Wouldn't the demons just die, too? So what do you gain from stealing a demon away from a little boy to what manipulate it to a certain shape that it stays in, but it would just die anyways. Is according yeah, to all the rules they're setting up around demons so far. And are they trans? So way back there was, I think the, uh, the bear King, the King of Svalbard, which mm-hmm. is the, the bear city. I think they made reference to him wanting a demon of his own. And we found out through, the bear that they're hanging out with here, York Bjornsson, that demons or bears don't have demons. They yeah. like their armor is like their demon. Basically they mm-hmm. don't feel complete without their armor. Right. So I was wondering if they're trying to cut these, de- can they transfer the demon to like a non-human can like a bear end up with a demon if they cut the demon away from a child? I don't know. That's why this section is called speculation, Ben. Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> something that I'm speculating about. Maybe they're trying to give bears demons. Yeah, who knows? Am I following you on Twitter? What's your? T- uh, yeah, you are. Oh, Nuzzle House. Oh yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah, I think it's like at House Nuzzle or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, oh, and you followed me. Oh, thanks for the follow back. Yeah, I guess the follow back. I like how you posted once back in like 2014. So that was, you know, you're yeah. using the platform, which is exciting. I'm not a huge fan of social media. Yeah, me neither. That's what makes the whole Twitter and Instagram thing painful. Which, given that I'm uh, supposedly a marketing professional, I don't know if that's the best thing to be saying. I was just going to say, aren't you supposed to be marketing this stuff, Ben? (laughs) Aren't you supposed to be researching this? Like, couldn't that be your side side little scam or whatever? Is that you try to figure out how to get people to actually listen to our damn show? Yeah, I mean, it's not rocket science. I just don't like doing it. And that is the reason why no one at work respects you. <laughs> <laughs> but they kind of like me. They like having me around. Oh, do they? Is that what you tell yourself? I mean, I is people yeah, actually told seem... that to you, or is that just what you're assuming? I, I'm sure you're just assuming it. I can read nonverbal cues. Yeah, I think the nonverbal cues are... Enjoy my presence. The nonverbal cues are people sitting around going like, yeah, he won't stop talking about it. He's got his own podcast and this book he's reading. And also, he's nowhere on social media. And he's not doing a lick of work trying to get anyone else to listen to this. So. Well, I don't want to put in work trying to get people to listen to it in its current state while we're still uh, trying to figure out what what we're doing here. So. Yeah, true. Uh, once, once, once we uh, really um, get our feet under us here, then, boy, I'm going to make a huge social media push. Are you going to, like, really unleash those hounds? Like, you're just going to go nuts? I, I imagine you got an entire war plan prepared and ready. Like yep. white papers that are going to go out to like. <laughs> oh yeah, we have quality content to support this. Uh, it's going to be good. We're going to have yeah, gated forms on. We're going to build a website. Uh, we're going to get 
I don't know why we're going to be collecting lead information like we're making sales, but we are. We're going to have to call these people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Ben, I had to sit back for a minute. My nipples were erect from all of that marketing jargon you were throwing at me. I don't even know what you're saying. Half of it was monkey talk. I can't wait. Yeah. For the day that you unleash this uh, on the people. Boy, it's going to be really going to be something. (laughs) And with that, I I hope that everyone enjoyed our episode. Uh, And tune in to the next episode of, uh, do you want to do it, Ben? Book Boys! Oh, does you have to drag it out? <laughs> I feel like I had to, yeah. <laughs>